You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to episode number two of the Grace Burger Show here on the Assembly Call. And this episode is an AMA episode, so it's an Ask Me Anything episode. We got questions from our private community members, uh, which you can learn more about by going to assemblycall.com slash community. We'd love to have you join the community uh, before the season begins. Uh, But all these AMA episodes that we do with Grace uh, through the season, those questions will be submitted by our private community members, and then we'll also post the video uh, of the AMA episodes in there. So a little perk for the community members. But lots of great stuff in this one. You know, the the teammate that Grace thinks is is really primed for a big breakout, why she wears her number, Uh, you know, the NBA team that she grew up uh, cheering for, the WNBA teams that she follows, Uh, And then just some other insight about how she and her teammates interact, uh, her background as a basketball player, lots of really good stuff. Of course, Coach Jeff Marlowe is back to host the episode, so I'll be turning it over to him here in just a second. And I really enjoyed listening to Jeff and Grace talk as I was editing this and putting it together. So I hope that you will as well. But make sure that you go check out assemblycall.com slash community. Hey, the season starts next week. Uh, so we've got Assembly Call Radio coming up on Thursday, and then post-game shows start, and you're going to start seeing a show up a lot more in your feed. You know, post-game shows, Assembly Call Radio, the Inside Scoop, the Grace Burger Show. we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, and, oh, by the way, you might have heard there at the beginning, uh, Back Home Network. I should probably mention what that is. Uh, So the Back Home Network is something that we've kind of been working on in the background, uh, you know, with our friends over at Crimson Cast, Scott and Galen. And so, you know, we're kind of getting ready to soft launch it. And so you'll start seeing some more stuff. Uh, You know, right now it's us working together, uh, you know, putting our our podcast together uh, under you know, kind of one roof, you know, sharing some of the hosting, doing some, you know, some advertising together on that. But there will be a lot more coming. Um, so just wanted you to, uh, just wanted you to know that, but Bob Thompson, of course, did the little, the little tone there at the beginning. Uh, I have a feeling everybody knows what song that is from, uh, meant to be very recognizable. Uh, but you know, back home network, I think, you know, that's the feeling that we all get when we go home to Bloomington and we watch games. It's the feeling of being back home. That's what we want it to feel like when you're listening to this podcast, you know, that you're hanging out with friends back home. That's certainly how I feel when I'm listening to episodes of Crimson Cast. Uh, and so, you know, we figured let's bring some of these uh, some of these sites, some of these shows together. Uh, and so, again, you'll see a lot more coming uh, with that. But I just wanted you to know what that is and uh, be on the lookout for some future announcements. Okay. With all that said, let's get to the star of the show. That is Grace Berger, and here is episode number two of The Grace Berger Show. Enjoy. Hello, Hoosier fans, and welcome to the second episode of The Grace Burger Show, a production of Assembly Call. 
We will have 12 episodes total throughout this course of the season. And our hope is to give you more insight to the IU women's basketball program and to Grace Berger herself. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, alongside the aforementioned Grace Berger. And tonight's episode is an Ask Me Anything, where we take questions from our private community at assemblycall.com. Welcome, Grace. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, since the last time we talked, uh, Grace has been named to the preseason All-Big Ten team and was named to the Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Miller Award watch list for the nation's top small forwards. So congratulations on those preseason honors. Thank you. Thank you very much. And also, I would you know, I want to mention that Mackenzie Holmes was named also preseason All-Big Ten. And uh, Allie Patberg was named to the Nancy, Weberman, Nancy Lieberman watch list as well. So is 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 that even mentioned among you guys? I mean, do the coaches mention anything or do you guys just see that on social media and that's all you think about is when you see it on social media? Yeah, we pretty much just see it on social media. I mean, obviously it's an honor anytime you get an award like that, but I think especially for preseason awards, we just kind of uh, try not to talk about it too much because we realize that it is just a preseason award and we haven't really done anything yet. So, and so we'll start with our first question tonight from Ask Me Anything, and I may ask some follow-up questions depending upon your how you answer them, but our first question is from Phil, and Phil wanted to say you represented yourself and IU so well this summer with Team USA in the America Cup 2021. How has that experience changed you and any danger of burnout or fatigue, and will it change the way you deal with teammates to prepare them for the rigors of the Big Ten? Um, I mean, I think... No, there's no danger of burnout for me because I, I do love the game. Um, and I was kind of able to take some time off after I got back from Puerto Rico. Um, obviously, it was a lot to jump straight into the training for um, USA team right after we really got off the plane um, from the NCAA tournament after such a long season. So it was a lot, but um, I was so excited about the opportunity that I was pretty locked in and definitely not burnt out. And then, like I said, I was able to kind of take some time off in the summer, a week or two. Um, and kind of refocus. And now I'm all in on the season. I'm very excited. Um, and then the second part of the question, I mean, I think it's definitely changed my outlook on a lot of things. Um, like, like I've kind of said before, just focusing on the small details and just witnessing how um, national ch national champions and people that have won at the highest level, how they go about everyday business. Um, so I think just kind of modeling my, my daily behavior, um, everything I do, following the little details every single day, because um, myself and my team, we want to get to that national championship level. And so um, I think that's probably been the biggest thing that I've brought back uh, to the team. Is there anything, one specific thing maybe you, you could mention here that you talked about that in the first episode, a little bit kind of the little things. And sometimes people don't realize little things become big things. Right. Yeah. I mean. Um, especially at the division one level, when you're talking about the top 25 teams in the country, there's such a small margin between the 25th team and the, and the number one team really. Um, and so I think um, that kind of helped me realize that. And then, like you just said, it, it really is the small things who's going to box out and get the rebound. Who's going to talk on defense. So you don't have as many mistakes there. Um, who's going to stay focused when things maybe aren't going their way through adversity. So just the things that really you can control every single day, I think, is what will separate um, who finishes, you know, first and, and who, who doesn't. 
And, and kind of taking it into practice because you are practicing. You have your first uh, exhibition game with UND on Friday night as we talk. We're, we're talking on a Tuesday evening. Are it, with the veteran group? Are those kind of little things something that Coach Morton and the staff has really emphasized maybe more this year than in previous seasons? I think so. I think um, obviously we have a, a really good team returning with a lot of talent. I mean, we made it to the Elite Eight last year. We had a really successful Big Ten season. So it's not necessarily anything completely new or anything necessarily big that we are focusing on right now. It really is just the small little things that maybe will make the difference between being in the elite eight and being in the final four and being a national champion. And just kind of interesting that you played with several players from the big 10 on the America Cup team. How was that experience? I mean, to be around people that you normally see as opponents, now they were teammates. Was there anything that you kind of take away that you can use maybe later in the season? Um, well, I mean, I think it was just a really cool experience, first and foremost, because um, I am a very competitive person and I've been competing against them for three, four years. So um, I don't necessarily like like any of those girls on the court. I mean, obviously, all of them are extremely talented and I respect mm-hmm. their games, but um, you know, they are kind of my enemy on the court at the end of the day. So going down there, I, I was kind of shy at first. Um, and it maybe, maybe took a couple of days to build a relationship, but once I got to know them, um, outside of the basketball court and we had one, com- one common goal, um, and we all got to represent what I think is the best conference in the country. Um, just building those relationships with them off the court and realizing the kind of people they are off the court is something that I think, um, I'll, I'll carry into the Big Ten season for sure. Okay. Uh, the Grace Burger Show is presented by Farrell Wealth. Farrell Wealth was founded by former IU All Big Ten defensive end Greg Farrell, who is now experiencing IU all over again as a parent with two girls who are juniors in the IU Media School, interns at the Cuban Center, and own their own business. And, you know, Greg learned trust and integrity while playing for legendary coach Bill Mallory, traits he's worked hard to instill in his girls. He also learned how to game plan. Feral Wealth uses these principles to help high net worth individuals and business owners pursue financial success. Wealth planning is their passion, so you can live yours. Their fiduciary plans include investments, insurance, taxes, executive compensation, and charitable giving in this lifetime and beyond. Like any good team, the IU women's basketball team, for example, you need to plan and work the plan. Well, what is your plan? Contact Feral Wealth through all socials at Feral Wealth and their website, feralwealth.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-L-L wealth.com. Feral Wealth is a proud supporter of IU Athletics. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisory firm, member FINRA SIPC. Our second question comes from Scott. And Scott want to know who might be the surprise player this year for the women's team. Um, I'll have to go with, um, I've said this before, but, but Chloe Moore McNeil, um, she's a sophomore this year. So I think, um, she, she played sparingly last year, um, and got some really good experience, but I think, um, it, it was a tough year for everybody, but especially for freshmen with COVID. So, um, now that we're kind of back to normal and we were able to have normal summer access and normal time with our coaches, um, I think she really was one that stands out and benefited from that. And I think 
Um, we're all really excited to see what she does on the court. And I think she's going to be huge for us. What do you think is the main difference between even think back to when you were a freshman to a sophomore, but you mentioned Chloe in the first episode and now you've mentioned her again. What do you think really is the big difference for a freshman other than the COVID issue? What's the big difference for a freshman into becoming a sophomore? What have they learned that maybe makes them have a little better appreciation? Uh, I was going to say appreciation, but a better understanding of what's going on in the program. Um, I mean, I think for freshmen, it's hard in general, no matter where you go to school. But um, I think with our program, um, something that Coach Morin really hangs her hat on is is, is hard work. And I think um, it's completely different for freshmen coming in. They've never experienced that. They've never been asked to work as hard um, in the classroom, work as hard in the weight room, and work as hard on the court as they do at IU. Um, they've never experienced that. So I think it takes a full year to kind of be able to, to juggle all of the different aspects um, that we're asking them to excel, you know, in the classroom, on the court, and in the weight room. Um, so after they kind of get a year to transition, I think they get more comfortable. They kind of come into their own, and they really just are able to embrace the hard work and really benefit from it. Is that something that you took a little bit of time to make the adjustment to? I mean, is that just kind of all freshmen? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say some are definitely more prepared for than others. Um, but for myself personally, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. So it definitely took a year of me kind of sitting back and watching how the vets do it, watching how the coach carries them, coaches carry themselves um, to really kind of figure it out and come into my own. You mentioned a little bit with Chloe in both the first episode and, and here a little bit, just the work aspect. Is it something that those older kids, the older players do a very good job of is getting you guys to understand, hey, let's go over to Cook Hall and get a workout in and, and you know, and take you under your, their wing and, and teach you the ropes? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, ever since I got here, we had really, really great leaders. Um, I was fortunate enough when I was a freshman to have Brenna Wise and, and Kim Royster and obviously Allie Papard, um, who just got in the gym every day. And it was kind of it, it became the the norm and not the exception. So if you weren't getting in the gym on your own and working on your own game for 30 minutes a day, then um, you were kind of standing out. So, um, you know, when you come in the gym as a freshman and you always see somebody in the gym working on their game, it's kind of easy to to want to do that the same for yourself. So I think over the years, it just kind of becomes habits. And then as new people come in, we just kind of kind of teach them the ropes. And maybe for some of our listeners and viewers who are watching this on YouTube later, just kind of give us a breakdown of what Chloe's game right. Is she more of a forward guard? What kind of role will she possibly play in, in that kind of thing? Um, Chloe's a guard. So she mostly plays, I would say, shooting guard. She can play some small forward. She can um, handle the ball and play point guard. Um, but I think what we're most excited about and that what Chloe will bring to our team is three-point shooting. Um, she has a great shot. Um, she can get it off quickly. And so she's been hitting shots in practice. So I think um, that's something that she's really going to help benefit our team this year with. And one other thing I want to follow up on there is a little bit, um, and I kind of was, I should have followed up on this the first episode, is watching film I mean, obviously it's a big thing for you, but is that kind of a learned skill for you coming out of high school, any player, but speaking to you as a freshman, when you were a freshman and maybe the freshman coming in to the amount of film that you guys have access to and watch, is that kind of a learned skill as well? Yeah. I mean, for myself personally, I think it's one of the biggest reasons why, why I was able to develop my game so much because in high school, I know for myself and I, I really think for probably most players, 
um, you hardly ever watch film. And if you do, maybe it's just a couple team clips here and there, but I'm actually sitting down with their coach after every practice and um, after every game and really just going through the details of um, critiquing your game and just kind of seeing where you can be better in certain situations. I think uh, mentally that really helps you, um, you know, just it, when you see yourself on film, obviously it just teaches you things that you can't tell if you're just going out there playing. And maybe if somebody tells you, um, especially for visual learners. So I think when you see something on film, immediately I can go on the court and be better just because I saw myself do it. And I kind of understand uh, where I need to be better. And do you watch, I mean, do you, I'm assuming I, and I shouldn't, but do you guys film practice too? So you can, you go back and watch a practice? Yeah. So we, uh, our coaches pull clips from practice all the time and um, we get it sent to us right after practice and then they'll pull clips. So the next couple of days we can kind of see ourselves, especially um, when we scrimmage against each other. Uh, it's really like a game. Um, okay. in terms of film. Yeah. Yeah. And then Scott also wanted to ask, how do you and Allie share, or maybe some others as well, but how do you, and he asked, how do you and Allie share leadership roles on the team? Oh, I mean, I think it wouldn't just be me and Allie. I think, I think Allie's probably the most vocal leader um, because she, you know, has so much experience and is just naturally a really good leader. But I think um, we have a starting five of players that have played three, four, five years of college basketball. So um, I wouldn't say it all just falls on my shoulders or Allie's shoulders at all. I think we have a team full of girls that are, um, depending on the situation, really able to step up and use their voice to be leaders. So um, it's not too much pressure on any of us, I would say. And kind of follow up with that, you mentioned you have a pretty a veteran team. Is So you already have the ability to kind of look at each other and be like, hey, we can play better, work on this. I would assume that type of relationship with the, especially the five starters. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think we have such a good relationship off the court that um, we can kind of, you know, get on each other if we're not meeting our standards every single day in practice, every single drill in practice, because we have that trust with each other. And we know ultimately um, our goal at the end of the day is to win championships, win a Big Ten championship, win a national championship. So we understand it's coming from a place that just wants to push us to get better so that when we do get in those crucial game situations, we'll be ready. Uh, next question from Eric, uh, who is your favorite basketball player or the player you patterned your game after? Um, so I was a big, big Celtics fan growing up. Um, so I wear number 34 because of Paul Pierce. Um, and I think I've, I've taken a couple things from him, his game, just being able to play kind of in the mid range and, and step out and hit the three and get all the way to the basket, um, and just be kind of a, a multidimensional player. So um, I, I'd say I definitely was was modeling my game after him when I was younger and maybe can see some of that um, in my game today. Yeah, I, I would agree. And we talked about it in the first episode, I really liked the mid-range part of your game. Uh, were you always a Celtics fan? Um, yeah, so um, Rajon Rondo is actually from, from Louisville and he went to high school about five minutes away from where I grew up. So um, ever since I was real little, I've been going to his camps and just a huge fan. So when he was Kind of, uh, you know, on the Celtics uh, when they were had that big three and had a couple championships. I was a huge fan, and that's kind of carried into and into today. Of course, a lot of Indiana fans, you know, were kind of following the Celtics back in the Larry Bird days as well. So, um, what about the women's game? Yeah, were there any of the women's players that you kind of watched as you were growing up and thought maybe that was a game you could model after? Um, I mean, one that I've been watching since I was probably a freshman in high school, Sabrina Unescu. Um, who obviously went to Oregon and I actually got the chance to play against her um, my freshman year. But 
just seeing how she reads ball screens, how she thinks the game, um, and how she might not be the most athletic player, but she's really efficient and able to use her body and um, get her teammates open, I think is something I've always admired. And I've watched a lot of film on her and try to kind of model my game after her. Is that, kind of, I mean, do you, as like back to your teammates, do you guys talk a little bit about people you watched growing up and kind of how you modeled your games after them? Yeah, I mean, we um, all love the WNBA. We all watch the NBA. We all watch other college teams. So I think um, we, you know, we kind of bond over watching those games and talking about it and maybe copying a move or two um, on the court and practice too. So it's definitely something we talk about. And I think all model our games after different people. And you mentioned camps when you were younger, just curious. I, and again, I kind of went back and watched your first episode and thought of some things afterwards. Did you play other sports besides basketball growing up and especially like in high school? Yeah. I mean, I played all kinds of sports when I was younger, um, but in high school, um, golf was the only other sport I played. So um, I played that for the first couple of years of high school and, um, and I loved it, but obviously I just loved basketball more. So I ended up quitting after my sophomore year, but. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about, I saw some on social media the other day. I thought, I think where you guys as a team were at the, at, at the volleyball game, was it where you guys all went to a volleyball game together? Is that something that you guys just kind of decided on your own or is that more of like, Hey, coach Moore says, Hey, there's a volleyball game tonight. Let's go. What, how, what kind of goes into that process of going out to support the other programs at IU? Yeah, I mean, I think all of us, it's not necessarily one person saying we should go to a game, but we realized um, if we support other teams, they'll turn around and they'll support us. And they were all so great, every single team, during our Elite Eight run last year. So I think anytime we can get out of, out to a game um, around our practice schedule, I think um, that that's something that we want to, want to do um, and just support other programs because we are 24 sports, one team at IU. So we love getting out and supporting um, a lot of these girls who we have relationships with off the court. Now, like right now, as we get into toward the ex, the, the exhibition game with you, Andy, I'm afraid, do you guys actually practice in Assembly Hall or will that be more over in Cook or do you kind of divide it up? Um, we pre- Coach Warren tries to practice in Assembly Hall as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, sometimes we have to kind of work around the men and, and they work around us. But for the most part, we've been in Assembly Hall because obviously that's where we're playing games. So I mm-hmm. think she wants us to get used to that environment as much as we can. And when do you generally practice? Do you have a certain period of the time of the day that Coach Morin likes to practice? Um, well, we all have our classes in the morning, um, and then we practice uh, about 3 o'clock every day, so probably late afternoon is when we really are, are in there the most. Support for the Grace Burger Show is also provided by Homefield Apparel. Yes, our longtime sponsor, Homefield Apparel, our good friends at Homefield Apparel, where look, I know, you know, they're putting out new schools, it seems like, every other week. Sometimes multiple schools every other week. But never forget, the roots of home field apparel are Indiana. And the Indiana Hoosiers were their very first school. So you can go to homefieldapparel.com. You can go up to shop. And you can see all the many schools that are there. And hey, if you've got friends or family members who went to another school, it's a great place to go for gifts, to buy them for those people. But if you want to get some IU gear, you hit that shop button, you go to the Indiana page, and you check out all of their awesome Indiana designs. They still have more Indiana designs than any others, of course, with the flagship bison hoodie, which if you don't have it yet, what are you doing? Make sure that you get it uh, before the winter comes, where they've got their little 500 t-shirt up there. They've got the joggers. They've got so many different designs 
that really call back these great old IU logos, these great old IU teams, these great old IU times. And so go to homefieldapparel.com, check out their Indiana collection, use the promo code assembly20 at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your first order and support Homefield Apparel, who has given us so much support throughout the years. It's homefieldapparel.com, promo code assembly20. Now back to the interview. And our next question comes from Ari, uh, one of our uh, moderators here at Assembly Call and puts out and does a lot of our work at Assembly Call. He's looking forward to covering you and the team this season um, for the site, for Assembly Call. Is it more stressful to go into a season like this one with lofty expectations as opposed to being a plucky underdog as the team has been in years past? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's more stressful. I would say... I've said this before, but we feel like we really haven't accomplished anything yet. We haven't won any championships um, and, and really done anything like that. So I think um, as far as coming in as, as number eight and, you know, being picked to finish second in the Big Ten, those are all great things um, that I don't think necessarily puts any pressure on us because in our minds, we still feel like we are chasing the Maryland's, chasing the South Carolinas, chasing the Yukons, all of those. So uh, in our minds, we're still the underdog. And that's as a former coach, I think that's a great way to approach it. Just maybe give us a little bit of insight. What are some of the things or maybe at least how does Coach Morin kind of help keep you guys on an even keel, not to allow maybe the expectations to overwhelm you or to kind of, as we talked about in the first episode, not getting complacent. Just maybe say, you know, can we get maybe how she does that for you guys? Um, I mean, I think Coach Morin feels the same way, like I just said, that we haven't accomplished anything yet. But I think. What she's really, really good about is just being consistent. She's the same coach now that she is when I first got here and when this program was still kind of on the rise. So um, she, she's pretty consistent with that. She's um, challenging us, you know, just because we've made it to the Elite Eight. She, she's still, you know, pushing us to be better every single day and not letting us settle, um, which I think we're all appreciative of. So she definitely, I think, is is a big reason why we – have the mindset that we do and that we never will officially feel like we have, we've necessarily arrived until we do win those, those big 10 championships and the national championships. And and maybe I should have asked this earlier, but you mentioned earlier watching games with your schedule and the way that with the team schedule and such, do you guys get to watch a lot of other games during the season? Um, I mean, it definitely is hard, especially um, big 10 games because a lot of those games are, um, being played obviously on the same days that we are. So um, I think we can go back and, and watch a lot of the games um, on film. We have access to that. Um, and then here and there, we'll see some games from, from other conferences and whatnot, but it's definitely as we get going, we're kind of focused on ourselves. So I would say it's harder. Okay. I was, you know, because like right now the NBA's gotten started. So also I didn't know if you have a chance to watch your Celtics or anything, you know, yeah. you know, you know, much right now, but I get, you know, and a lot of games aren't, you know, like some of the big 10 games you can probably pull up, but a lot of other right. games aren't televised and such. So I was just curious how much you were able to watch and things like that. Um, Andy wants to ask, first of all, he says he first saw you play at Bellarmine or Bellarmine in the Indiana, Kentucky all-star series. He wants to point out that it was an Indiana win. Of course, uh, <laughs> I was surprised to see a player from Kentucky committed to Indiana. What led to your decision to commit to Indiana and how do you think your game has grown since then? Um, yeah, I mean, I get that question a lot because obviously Kentucky does have great women's basketball with Louisville and Kentucky. Um, 
And I have a lot of respect for those programs. But I think one thing that my parents really instilled in me early on in the recruiting process was not to pick a school based off the name or what school you might necessarily be a fan of, but pick a school um, kind of where your heart leads you to and what, what, where you think you belong, no matter where that is. So I was willing to pretty much go anywhere. Um, and I, and I visited a lot of schools, but Indiana um, was just one that stood out from the second I, I stepped on campus. And then really, I would say the thing that kind of sold it for me was just the people, um, the players on the team were really nice to me, even in the recruiting process. And then obviously I felt the connection with the coaches. Um, and then I think the main thing on the court that separates Indiana from maybe other schools is um, their player development. I think we have the best coaches in the country in terms of that, in terms of, you know, they they told me straight up in the process that maybe I wasn't ready yet to come in day one and perform. But um, what they saw my game being able to elevate to um, if I worked with them every single day and kind of trusted their plan um, in the future. So that's what really excited me because I knew I wasn't necessarily a great player coming in. Um, but I knew if I followed their plan that they would work as hard as they can to to make me into a good player um, in college. Well, I just want to maybe brief. When did you first maybe not necessarily who, but when do you do you remember when you got your first Division One offer? Who and and it was like your sophomore year, junior year. When did when did that happen for you? When did you kind of realize that you had that possibility to play that level? Um. Yeah. I mean, I would say it was after my freshman season of high school um, when I was first kind of starting out on the. Um, EYBL AAU scene. So I got my first offer, I think, right after um, my freshman season. So that's probably before that, I probably didn't think I had any chance. I probably thought maybe I could play, you know, Division II somewhere, just college basketball. I'd be happy to play. And so I think until my first offer and I got recruited, I really didn't think I, I had a chance. Now, did you play travel ball with the same group the whole time through high school? Um, through high school, yes. I played uh, with the Kentucky Premier. Yeah, Kentucky Premier. And and I wasn't, I knew that's who you'd played with, at least in your last couple of years, but I couldn't, I didn't know if that's who you'd played with the whole time. Is the travel ball scene in the women's game, then especially on the recruiting side, is that become as important as it seems to be on the men's side? Is that where a lot of the real, I hate to say it's kind of gone away from the high schools being a former high school coach, but is that kind of where coaches are now out seeing the players and making contacts is on the travel ball scene? Uh, I would say, probably 95% of the time that's where they're finding players. But I also think with social media um, and just all, all the connections that these college coach have, I think if you're good enough um, on a high school team, they'll find you. Um, they certainly have the resources to do, to do that, but I would definitely say playing on AAU is, is kind of the biggest way. Okay. And then also kind of staying with the recruiting that um, Andy was asking about when did you kind of start narrowing your list down? I mean, again, I'm not looking for specific schools because obviously you chose Indiana, but I'm sure at some point you you had you finally narrowed it down to three, five schools that you were had an interest in. Yeah, so um, I kind of kind of knew my top three schools throughout the whole process, but um, honestly, I, I was I, I knew Indiana was a school pretty early on, probably the end of my sophomore year, so. Um, I committed really early in my junior season just because I wanted to be over with and I didn't really see any reason dragging it on because I knew I wanted to be at IU. So um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to commit really early and I, I don't regret it at all. Yeah. And, and, and we as IU fans don't regret you coming to Indiana, obviously. We, we really have enjoyed watching you play. Um, kind of back to the second part of Andy's question, you kind of mentioned this about how your game has grown and you talked about how the coaching staff wanted to really, do, you know, 
told you they could help you develop your game. Is anyone on the staff kind of the guru of skill development or, or is that kind of the staff as a whole was really good at it? Well, I mean, I'd say every single one of them um, is really good at it. But uh, for me personally, um, as a guard, Coach Box, has, Coach Glenn Box has been um, huge in, in my development. And he definitely doesn't get the credit he deserves. But um, every single day he's working with me in the gym since the day I've stepped on here and watching film with me and just talking to me off the court. Um, so, I, I mean, I credit him for pretty much all of all of my development. Is that kind of how it gets broken down? An assistant has a certain group, like, you know, you mentioned Coach Box with the guards and, and maybe somebody. Is that how it gets broken down for the assistants? Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much. They all work with us um, as much as they can. But especially once we get into the season, I probably spend the most time with with Coach Box. Um, and, the, and the post players spend the most time with Coach Rat. So, yeah, it breaks down like that. And then just mentioning, kind of, we talked a little bit about Cook Hall. You can get in there anytime, correct? <laughs> and do you guys go together or do you tend to go as individuals? And, do, and, and then does somebody, do you have a manager or anybody like that that goes and maybe, hate to say rebounds for you, but, you know, is there to help you with the workout or is that mostly just on your own? Um, well, a lot of us will work out either on our own uh, or, or small groups. So I work out with Allie Patberg every day and I have for the past three years. Um, and we have, um, actually the opportunity to work out with our coaches, um, individually every day. So we probably spend 30, 40 minutes, um, every day outside of practice, just with the coaches. Um, and then we have a lot of really great managers, student managers that help us rebound and help us run drills too. So, um, it's kind of, kind of both of those, uh, people combined. And then I, I think this is still done. Do you, you still have a group of guys that you practice against during, you know, during the day? Yeah, so we have um, every single practice. We have a great, great group of of practice guys that show up and um, really challenge us um, offensively and defensively, um, and really, I mean, help help us do a lot of things we wouldn't be able to run practice nearly as smoothly without them. So um, we're we're really appreciative to have those guys at our practices. Just curious, how many of them are there? Um, I would say there's there's probably 15 um, and they kind of rotate when they can come to practices and whatnot. But we always have usually about seven or eight at practice. And one of those, I believe, is McKenzie's McKenzie's brother, correct? Yes, he is one. Yeah, that's got to be an interesting dynamic for him to have come all the way out to IU and, and with McKenzie. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, they actually guard each other a lot in practice. So. Oh, that ought to be real interesting. Yeah, yeah there's some heated <laughs> battles for sure. So I practice interesting every day for sure. Okay, before we finish this up with you tonight, and, and, and again, enjoy really talking to you. I'm really having a, a great time talking with you in, uh, as part of this show. You will have your exhibition on Friday. We're talking on Tuesday, as I mentioned earlier. Kind of walk us through maybe a little bit, or I can maybe help you a little bit as well, you know, kind of day by day. But when you get done, kind of take us from Saturday through Tuesday to get ready for Butler in the game, the first game on the road at Hinkle. What will a Saturday be like? What would a Sunday be like? Um, so Saturday. Most of the times, we the day after the game, we have off. So we'll have off on Saturday just to kind of let our bodies recover, let our minds recover um, from the game the previous day. And then um, we'll have Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to prep um, for Butler. So we'll start – we'll finish watching film, um, kind of a recap of the UND exposition game on Sunday. And then we'll jump right into Butler film and start preparing for them um, in Sunday – and then prepare for them um, until Tuesday when we leave um, to head up there. So we'll have three, three solid days of prep. 
then so then you will go up on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, Tuesday. we'll probably practice in the afternoon and then head up there um, probably about about six o'clock at night. So is it a little I mean, you played Butler. I think we talked last year, two years ago, mm-hmm. but being first game of the year, is it make it a little harder to kind of know exactly what they're going to do? I mean, coaching staff is the same, but still things can be changed between seasons. So is it harder maybe in these early games to get ready, you know, to have as much detail for your practice, your scouting reports as you go through the, the workouts? Yeah. I mean, the first, I think for, in terms of scouting reports, um, the per- first couple games are definitely a lot of, guessing um, from our coaching staff because you don't know who's going to play. A lot of players are coming in from high school. A lot of players are coming in from the transfer portal, um, especially these days. So mm-hmm. you never really know what to expect what the coaching staff could have put in. So I think it's a lot of guessing until you kind of get a couple games in and um, can have some film from this year to look back on. Do you guys get a written scouting report on each team? Yeah. Um, we get a written scouting report on, on every player that's going to play, um, and we go over film for usually about two or three days. So, and then pretty detailed, I would imagine, at college level for those scouting reports. Yeah, it, it's it's very detailed for sure. Probably way more detailed than anything I had or you probably saw in high school. Definitely. Uh, yes, I uh, uh, just the kind of the nature. Um, so one last thing, then you'll go to you or Butler on Wednesday. Then hopefully, oh, I shouldn't say hopefully, but I doubt we'll talk again. But for then, you'll come home on Sunday to the the fourteenth, I believe it is, to open up with Kentucky, kind of a nationally televised game. Um, so I want to wish you best of luck as you get through, get ready to go here with UND and the exhibition, and then uh, Butler uh, one week from tomorrow. As we're recording this again on Tuesday, you'll be doing uh, Butler on Monday, excuse me, Wednesday of next week, and then uh, UK on Sunday. You mentioned a little bit earlier about you. I just want one last question, okay? A little extra get ready for UK because they are the home state school. Uh-huh. Um, I mean. Maybe, maybe a little. And I think, I think more so the fact that they beat us last year, kind of when we had the whole game, that's probably more motivation than anything, but definitely maybe a little something because they're the home state. Yeah. And that was a good, you know, unfortunately a loss for you guys last year, but I remember watching a lot of that game. I didn't see the very beginning, but I caught about the last three fourths of it on TV and that was a very good ball game. And unfortunately just went against you guys. So we'll talk again here soon. Good luck with UND and Butler and Kentucky and any and other teams you might have before we talk again. Um, I just want to thank you for being here. And if anything you want to say on, you know, before we close tonight, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, um, I just want to thank all the people for, for supporting the show. And then obviously all the people that ask questions um, and that are excited about our, our team. And I know that we're really excited to get started and have fans in the crowd. So um, we just want to thank everyone uh, for supporting us. All right. I'm Jeff Marlowe. She's Grace Berger. This has been the Grace Berger Show. Until we talk to you next time, go Hoosiers. And that will do it for episode number two of the Grace Berger Show. Thanks to Grace for being here, being the star of the show, and being so candid and insightful with her answers. Thanks to Coach Marlowe for hosting. And, of course, thanks to our sponsors, FeralWealth.com, the presenting sponsor for the Grace Berger Show. Go to FeralWealth.com, F-A-R-R-A-L-L Wealth.com. And Homefield Apparel, the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. We appreciate their continued support. 
Go to homefieldapparel.com, check out all their Indiana stuff and all the gear they have for colleges all across the nation. And last thing I'll say, make sure that you go to assemblycall.com slash community. There's no better time to join the now with basketball season kicking off. It's a great group of folks you would fit in. So if you want a great place to talk IU sports, this is the place to go. We hope to see you there. Either way, we will talk to you on the next edition of the Grace Burger Show and the next edition of the Assembly Call. In the meantime, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Talk to you soon. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.